I learned something yesterday, really just last night, that, I mean, forgive me for my ignorance. I, I didn't know this was even an issue. It shocked the hell out of me. The state and federal government, the state of Tennessee and the federal government owes Tennessee State University, a black college, $2.1 billion. A, a federal research project, a government research project, determined that they had been underpaying the university year after year after year so much that they are $2.1 billion behind. Let me unpack and explain this. This is a problem, and, and let me be clear, paying them back is not reparations. Reparations would be paying them the $2.1 billion with interest. $2.1 billion and every bit of damage you caused by not paying them that. They need to get that 2.1 right away. Let, let me unpack and explain it. Let's talk about it. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The, the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. Tennessee State University is one of the most important black colleges in the world and has been so vital to educating black students from all over the United States, particularly from the Deep South, but even from all around the world, the Caribbean, Africa, and beyond. And it is what is called a federal land-grant college. And as a land-grant college, unlike where I went, Morehouse College, which is a fully private institution, Tennessee State University is funded both by the state of Tennessee and their budgeting process and by the federal government and the federal government's budget process. And it was determined by the federal government that the federal government itself and the state of Tennessee owes Tennessee State University not $100 million, not $500 million, not a billion, but $2.1 billion dollars. It's astounding. I've never heard of such a thing. In fact, the research project was about the systemic underfunding of black colleges, the, the illegal systemic underfunding, saying they were owed X amount per year. But for whatever reason, and I, I'm going to put a pen right there and suggest that that reason is just racism. For whatever reason, year after year after year, Tennessee State was underfunded while their neighbor, the predominantly white University of Tennessee, was always fully funded. And consequently, Tennessee State University has struggled because they were, they were, there was funding that they were owed that they never received. I saw some testimonials from students saying like, come on, like, we don't have enough housing for our students. We have an antiquated heating and air system. We don't have a true student center. And now they learn, yeah, had we had the $2.1 billion you owed us, we would probably have those things. Like, let me put it in context. The largest endowment of any black college in America is 
at Howard University or at Spelman College. I don't know their like what they have in their bank today. And both of them are right around $1 billion. These are, you know, two of the most successful colleges and universities, not just black colleges, colleges and universities in America. And their endowment is right around a billion dollars. Morehouse, where I went, a prestigious college, they don't have a billion dollars in endowment. Tennessee State University is owed $2.1 billion. It's outrageous. And both the state government of Tennessee and the federal government, led by Joe Biden, they need to make this right immediately. And my understanding, uh, speaking to activists and organizers that are trying to help the university, Tennessee State University, is that they're even saying, like, listen, yeah, we would prefer you send us a $2.1 billion check. Like, that's what we're owed. Just send it. You have it. But if you have to pay it in installments, pay it. But don't, don't treat it like you're doing us a favor. Don't count it like it's reparations. No, no, no. This is just what you owe. Pay what you owe. And let me, let's be real. It literally should be paid with interest. It should be paid plus all that they missed out as a result. That's probably not going to happen. Just pay the $2.1 billion and shut up about it. I'm not not, not saying the activists should shut up, but I don't need Joe Biden or the state of Tennessee acting like, hey, we paid it. We did you all a favor. No, 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 no. This is what you owed. When you pay your bill, you're not doing the person that you paid the bill a favor. It's what you owe. It's a part of the agreement. It's what should have happened. I have a completely different news story after the break. It's not totally unrelated. The federal government is days away from shutting down. And it's a tiny number of ultra-conservative Republicans that are about to do it. And I, I just want to tell you how I think, like, I think why they're doing what they're doing, I think is despicable. But that they're doing it, I think we should learn from it. Let me tell you what I mean right after the break. As you may know, Democrats barely control the Senate and you know, they really only have it by a vote and sometimes barely by that because a few of the so-called Democrats in the Senate are ultra conservatives. I've said this a million times. I wish there were multiple parties beyond Democrat and Republican, but it is what it is. Democrats barely control the Senate. Republicans barely control the House and the most conservative members of the House Many of them who who literally frequently align themselves with bigots, Nazis and white supremacists who've appeared at events and have sympathized and even made statements that were bigoted white supremacist statements are really holding the House and really holding the federal government and all of us uh, by the throat and saying, like, listen, if you don't do A, B, C and D. You know, we're not going to fund the government. The government's budget is about to expire. And those ultra conservative members know that. And they are telling their party leaders in the Republican Party, 
listen, if you don't support our policies, and some of them are ridiculous, like they want to remove the salary of the Secretary of Defense, who, by the way, is a black man, and they want him to no longer have a salary because they're disagreeing with some of the things that he's doing. Like, that's one of 25 things. They are behind the impeachment of Joe Biden, which is the impeachment trial of Joe Biden is going on right now. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, they're behind all of this. And they're saying, listen, we're not going to vote for the government's budget if you don't support our policies. And while I staunchly disagree with what they're fighting for, listen, that's how people who believe what they believe should fight for it. And it showed me that when Democrats just a year ago had a very tiny majority in the House and controlled the Senate, that's how the most progressive members of the House should have behaved, saying, listen, if you don't pass the child tax credit, which drastically lowered child poverty in America, if you don't pass the increased version of that, we're going to shut this government down. If you don't pass whatever it may be, universal health care, fill in the blank. If you don't pass serious policies around police brutality, we're shutting this government down. Instead, they just did everything Nancy Pelosi asked them to do. Like they always got in line. And there comes a point where you believe in something so much that you should actually fight for it. And I just have to say this. Republicans are frequently more willing to go all the way in for what they believe than Democrats are. It's just the bottom line. And while I loathe the Republicans that are doing this, you should study sometimes. You should study your enemy to see if there are any tactics there that you could learn from. Listen, I've got to run. As you may know, I am back in grad school I feel crazy because I'm frequently the oldest person in my classes and my brain feels old. (laughs) Uh, It's harder than I expected. Uh, I'm still holding it down, but it is what it is. I'm learning every single day and that's why I'm there. And listen, I'm 44 and I just want you to know you're never too old to learn. Let's keep on pushing. Love and appreciate all of you. Take care, everybody. Break it down. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we are the Momentum Advisors. Every single week, we talk about wealth management, personal finance, and entrepreneurship. We are financial advisors by day. We're entrepreneurs by night. We're building wealth for ourselves, and we want to make sure that you understand how to build wealth in your own family. Tune in for shows like Is Your Money Racist? Retirement Savings? Investment 101? We literally run the gamut on all the things that you need to know about financial wealth, creating a legacy for your family, and really just wealth creation as a whole. What we find is that these conversations are happening, but they're not happening as much as they need to in diverse communities. And so we're bringing a new voice, a new amount of energy, and we want you to tune in. So we bring the tips, we bring the strategy, and we always bring the good news. So make sure you tune in every week to the Momentum Advisors. There's something for everyone. Momentum. Momentum.